You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 246. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace.com. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial to build your own website. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code LIVELY to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. At the end of this episode, we'll be speaking with Lively Show listener Joy Laforme about her experience with the service. Now let's move on to today's episode. Today's episode is a special chapter or episode from A Lively Adventure. As you guys know from last Tuesday's episode, I've been working on a project to detail all of the things that I've experienced behind the scenes over the last 18 months while traveling the world. From Tinder to psychedelics, we're going into all the stuff I haven't shared here on the show in a very fun, very conversational format. It's been so cool to see the over 400 people that have downloaded it and starting to enjoy it and getting the feedback from those people saying how much they love to hear the jest that is (laughs) telling this side of the story with my friend Megan Bowers, who's acting as host of A Lively Adventure. And as I promised, I said that I would let you guys choose which episode of A Lively Adventure you wanted to listen to here on The Lively Show. So this one was not the one that either Megan and I had suggested or thought you guys would pick, though the psychedelics and the toad and the ayahuasca and the dating and the Tinder and all that stuff we thought would be from episodes two and three you guys would select. You guys actually chose the last chapter, which is called The Many Layers of Self-Love. And It's really cool that you guys did choose this one because this was, for me, the most important one personally, even though it wasn't the shiniest, sexiest topic for me to even go through personally. But it really was something, especially as we were actually recording the live adventure that I was going through almost in real time. So it's a very fresh chapter, if you will. And it's something that I hope will resonate for those who listen. And of course, if you want to listen to all of the chapters and get all seven and a half hours of content, you can go over to livelyadventure.com. So that's livelyadventure.com, and you can go start listening right away. Let's go to the show. The Many Layers of Self-Love. This is episode eight, The Many Layers of Self-Love. So why in the heck are we ending on self-love? You know, I would have asked you the same question had this not come up one million times in the 155,000 words I've written to my intuition. And they've used different layers or ways of explaining this. Like they never use the term self-love. That's the term I'm using, but they'll say your greatest gift or the thing you're supposed to learn right now. And a lot of times it's greatest gift that what they're describing is self-love. And what that means to me has evolved over this journey. So I think that overall that has actually been as silly or cliche as that sounds, what all of this journey has in many ways been beyond all the other things we've talked about. That's really what this has been about. So 
for example, when we talked about the period and the ayahuasca ceremony and realizing that I'd been seeking external love and approval from others and changing my external body with eating disorders to be loved. That was a realization around self-love where I was always looking for the external love or an RTT when I realized that I didn't get the love and affection, the ways that I wanted from my family and love languages and that sort of thing. And in other relationships after that point as well. So I decided to isolate myself emotionally this has showed up in many different ways throughout this journey in many different facets. But ultimately, from the beginning, as someone who has been excited to have a future life to share with someone else, I've been looking for that other person to share love with rather than focusing, at least from my ego's perspective, on myself and my own self-love. So I think that's why the intuition's always been, or guides have, Joe, whatever you want to call it, has always been trying to redirect my focus inward, where my ego's always been focusing it outward. This has been a big thing for me. Did this light bulb just go off? In terms of being okay with it and understanding how to do it now, there's definitely a recent light bulb that has recently, as in like the last two weeks, gone off. So it's really nice that we're recording this now instead of two weeks ago, because I would have had a totally different perspective and perception of it. But it's probably still even unfolding even now. It's so funny. Normally, when you're listening to the podcast, you kind of have everything wrapped up in a bow. You know, like it's already happened. You've already come to terms with it. So it's exciting to talk to you about this as it's unfolding and as you're discovering it. Yeah. And I feel excited to talk about it right now because like I said, two weeks ago, I was at odds with this. I was fighting my intuition's insistence that this is my greatest gift and that this is the biggest transformation. I kept saying, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. But really, I want the partner. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, let's get to the good stuff. It was like, no, it's the journey, not the destination. I was like, no, destination better than the journey. Stop talking. <laughs> Shut your face. Shut your face, intuition. <laughs> I, want to, I want to pay rent somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. So now talking about it and actually being in alignment with that insistent, very consistent thing about Greatest Gift feels really good. So I'm really happy that as much as it's still probably unfolding for me, I actually feel an alignment with it versus like the frustration of it. I want to end on that and like where I'm at now. So we'll get to that. So how have you found that you've become good at showing yourself this love? Well, it's interesting the word self-love because a lot of people would think of self-care as self-love. So especially women will think about caring for themselves. And I've actually been really good at self-care. So, you know, getting into alignment and spending time on myself. I'm alone all the time. So I've got plenty of time to do nice things for myself, getting massage, candles, flowers, you name it. Like that kind of stuff, that kind of self-care is easy for me. That's different, I believe, than self-love. Does that make sense? Where self-love is a sense of a feeling and emotion. And even that has actually been what we'll get to. Stay tuned. But even my understanding of what that is. But differently, I would define it differently than self-care, which is just making sure that my body and my well-being is cared for, that my energy levels are good, that my foods I'm eating are serving me, and all that stuff. I've had all the time in the world based on my current situation and my current circumstances to focus there. So that's been really high. And some people might call that self-love, but like I said, that did not mean as well as I was taking care of myself in those ways that I wasn't starving for self-love in others. So you can take care of yourself and treat yourself till the cows come home, but that's not necessarily going to fill you up. Yeah. 
or vice versa. You could have tons of self-love for yourself and at the same time probably be starving for self-care. I'm sure there are a lot of mothers that might feel that way, that have so much self-love for themselves, but at the same time, self-care with all of their things on their plates might be more the challenge for them. So it's all about figuring out what that, would you say balance? No, I don't think it's like an either or or like a teeter totter where there's a balance there. I think it's just the ability to do both. I love it. That's probably like the two best things you could juggle for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, the two things, because the more filled up you are in terms of self-care, that's giving yourself the energy to be able to share that with your family, friends, or anyone in your life. And the self-love is actually being able to reflect that emotion, because when you're full of that, you're able to reflect that at others. And they're able to see that if you can feel that way about yourself, so do they have the ability to do the same for themselves. And actually, we'll get to that, but I've actually had friends that are really good at self-love that have taught me a lot in this process as well, that are really good at it. So even just being full of self-love is inspiring to others to realize they can do it too. So speaking of, I want to hear about this story about what happened in Australia. Yeah. So as much as I say that I was good at self-care and making sure that my energy and my well-being was taken care of, there was this one part of Australia in the early part of 2017 that was really important to me. And it kind of, again, goes back to this idea. So remember, my ego from the beginning has been like, okay, I don't know where I'm going or why you're taking me on this journey, but I hope a partner is a part of this. And that's like my trophy at the end of it. So While I'm in Australia, I have my phone here because what happened was I went shopping and came across this little jewelry store that was very cute and it had this really pretty ring and I love stacking rings and I have, I probably have like eight or nine on my fingers right now and I've been doing this the whole trip. And the weird side story to that, (laughs) the reason I think I love all these stacking rings is because when I was married, I only wore that wedding band and that what engagement ring for like three years. Like I just stopped wearing other rings, maybe like one other ring every now and then. And it just didn't look very good with other rings. So then when I was single, I was like, I'm going to wear all the rings and all the fingers <laughs> except for that one. So that's what I've been doing since then. But I find myself in this store in Australia and I see this really pretty ring and they have two versions. There's an aquamarine center stone or a diamond center stone. And they're very delicate, pretty rings, but very small. And one is like $250. The other's 500. The diamond's the $500 one. And as I'm shopping, I had no, like, I'm going to go spend $500 today. How am I going to do that? It was not on my mind to go drop 500 on a ring. So I didn't, but I thought about it. I really liked it. And later that week, I was still thinking about the ring. And I was like, well, the aquamarine's almost just as clean or almost just the same color as the diamond, but not quite but it's half the price. So I was going back and forth in my head and spending far too much time thinking about this because the truth is my situation was fine. I could buy the ring if I wanted. I just hadn't planned on it. And as much as I'm great at self-care and buying things like massages or meals that are nice or lotion or whatever, that's usually like under $100. And I won't even think about it. That won't even be really a, a thought in my head about whether to get it or not. But because of the higher price point, for some reason, it it was something I was debating a lot. So I went back a week later after I returned a shirt and I was like, well, that's like $40 off this price of this ring. And, you know, sitting here and analyzing with my consciousness, with my rational mind, trying to rationalize this purchase. Have you ever done that where you try to rationalize a purchase? 
Always. You have the pro and con list in your head and yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, well, if it's $40 off the $250 one or the $500 one, and I cannot decide. I know, but I do not want to buy this ring with this feeling of discomfort and not peacefulness, right? I didn't want to buy it with that feeling. So I walked out of the store and I sat down around the corner on the ground, on a step, and I started writing to my intuition, or I guess text messaging my intuition in this case, because I didn't have a notebook. So I just used my phone and notes app. And I want to read you the the letter that I wrote. Think of it as text messaging the universe. (laughs) So I'm going to read it to you because I think it's really powerful. And also, I haven't really read any letters to my intuition in this whole thing. So here's a little sample of what this can look like. So I asked, I want to feel peace and joy around this ring purchase. Why don't I feel that now? And I hear, because you're scared. Scared of what? Scared of getting what you want. Why am I scared of getting what I want? Because what you want feels like you don't deserve it. Do I deserve it? You deserve what you want. Why do I feel crossways or upstream about that? Because you're scared that getting what you want will lead to failure. What could I fail at? Being happy. Oh, so this ring is not going to make me happy. No, indeed. But it could bring you joy. How so? Because you care about how you feel and that is enough. What is enough? Joy and caring how you feel. Because I wasn't really sure what the heck they were saying in that point. So I said, how could I see this differently? And it said, see it as an act of love. And that's when I had the big aha. So then I wrote, oh, so before I was thinking about if I deserved it, not if I was doing it out of love. Yes, that's exactly right. And then I realized and wrote, Wow, what a huge, kind gesture for me to give myself, especially as I'm single, just to give myself this without a basis of deserving or earning, just love. Exactly. That is what you seek. Wow, what a change in perspective, a gift, a real gift I know I've wanted and knowingly realize will not make me happy, yet the desire for it remains. This isn't about the money, it's about love. Now you see the truth inside of you all along. Incredible. Thank you so much. And then I heard... You're welcome more than you know and realize. So that was a huge aha to realize that if I was with a partner and I saw this ring and I said I would love this ring, knowing that it's not going to make me unendingly happy, they know it won't make me unendingly happy, but I want it anyways and they buy it for me, no problem. I have no reservations about that. But for me to do that to myself when I'm single for the same exact reason, I just had never done that before. That was like ninja level self-love. And knowing it wouldn't make me happy, it I wear it every day, it actually brings me the joy, the joy of knowing I got it for myself as a gift because it was the gift, not because it would actually make me happy in and of itself. Your intuition was probably like, finally, she gets it. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, finally, geez. It was one of the pieces. Now, I'm not to say like what I have now realized about self-love, which I'm really excited to get into in a second. I think it's far even more powerful from that, but that was a piece of this journey and to realize that I could have kind of like the same perks, does that make sense, as I would have if I was in a relationship. Like I would get the perk of getting a nice gift from my partner, right? This was me doing the same thing, even though before I had this urge for some reason to not do that. So just relieving yourself of whatever guilt that you had around treating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying that, you know what? I love you and I want you to have this, even though I know it's not going to like change your life in any magical way, but you still want it. And I still want to give it to you because I love you, period. 
I love it. And you're wearing it on your hand now. I am. I wear it every day and I always think about that. It really does bring joy rather than happiness because happiness is fleeting and temporary. But knowing why I gave it to myself is what brings me the joy, not the ring itself. Which is powerful to know the difference. Yes. And actually now I've, with possessions in general, I really have that. It's like I'm in it, but not of it. Like I can have these nice things, but I'm not of them. Like I know when I buy these nice things, they're not going to make me happy. And in knowing that, I actually appreciate them more because I'm not expecting them to bring me anything, which is super ironic as I say this because I'm just thinking, Jess, ding, 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 partner, same thing. <laughs> We're all on the journey somewhere. Same for maybe you and your career. We think it's going to be this great destination, but really it's the journey. I love it. So what did your friend Gregorio teach you about self-love? So this actually happened last weekend. So still unfolding in terms of self-love. This was interesting because when I mentioned it to a friend, he asked what kind of breakthroughs I had with the weekend with Gregorio. And I talked about this as self-love and he said, well, isn't that self-confidence? And I called it self-love. So I guess it depends on how you look. This is why it's called the many layers of self-love because that term has been so open to me, it's been a constantly evolving thing. So one of the aspects or layers of it was that Gregorio Avanzini, who's been on the show, I just spent five days with him. We talked about him in our episode about the Austrian sauna in the Alps. So we know you and Gregorio well at this point. <laughs> yes. And we know each other well at this point too. So we were like spending all this time together and I was interviewing him for a project he was working on. So I got to learn a lot. Like you are learning a lot about me. I was learning a lot about him and he is very good at self-love. That's actually like one of his super gifts or superpowers is he loves himself so much. And most people that's more unusual. They usually have an easier time loving others than themselves, but he's really good at it. And while we were there, he's also a breathitarian. And that is a crazy term, which I've not yet approached on the subject of the show, but basically is leaning towards living a lifestyle that does not involve food or much food at all. So some people live off of prana, which is energy or air, <laughs> and they consider themselves not fasting, but doing the positive, which is living off of energy or air, or breath, whatever. Some people do it with water. Some people do it with juices. Some people do like there's many ways of defining this concept, but he's very excited about this as a potential possibility for the future. He's done it in different long periods of time himself. And I decided what the heck as he wanted to do it while we were on the five days together. So I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. You know, if it's not going to kill me, why not? Right? Everyone needs to keep in mind that you did this while you were in Italy, which is the best food. <laughs> I know. Well, I told him if I'm going to do this, we're going to get the best pizza in Bologna and we're going to eat a bunch of food in Italy. So I get one day of great food and then I'll do it. So we did it. I had this amazing pizza with ricotta cheese that was like clouds. And then we had this amazing vegan meal. And then we spent three days. I would call it more of a cleanse because I was not really wanting to live totally off of prana or breath. So he had these ground cacao and nuts. And so it's kind of like this ground up healthy stuff in water. I would not call it a powder because it did not dissolve like a real powder would into a consistent liquid, but it was just water and stuff in it. <laughs> Think of it like sand and water. And then also like I was allowed a few spoonfuls of coconut oil a day, like two. <laughs> so it was more of a cleanse for three days. And by the end of the third day, he said I was detoxing. And really, I know that cleanses, the third day is usually the hardest. And when you get through that, like it's really, you feel so much better the fourth. But I really, by the end of the third day, I just wanted to eat, especially because I wanted the energy to be able to interview him well for his project. And 
I just wanted to. And he was really trying to encourage me to keep going on what I had said I was going to do, which is to do the full four days. And after listening to him talk about self-love, and basically for him, self-love means loving himself fully no matter where he is in his journey. So when he has gone through many different things in his life, but as he was trying to, for example, quit smoking and he would smoke again and he would get off the bandwagon, he would love himself right where he was in the smoking in that case, right? So wherever he was, even if he wasn't as far as he wanted to be on some aspect of something he was trying to change, he'd love himself so fully that he wouldn't beat himself up for where he was. And it slowly faded away instead of persisting. So a lot of us try to change our behaviors and beat ourselves up for the behaviors when we're not as far as we want. He does kind of the opposite. He loves himself where he's at so fully that it drops away rather than forces it away. And it was ironic in that moment because it was this big teaching to me as he was trying to really encourage me because he's so passionate about breatharianism to keep going. And I had just decided on a lark, let's do it. It sounds kind of like an interesting story to add to my collection, if you will. Mini lists of new things. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why don't I try this too, you know? But I realized in that going against his encouragement. And he was just trying to support me because I said I wanted to do it. But I had to really stand within myself and go, all right. So I I don't ever really currently have any plans to become a breathetarian in any real way. But I was just like, it's okay. I'm right where I'm at. And I'm going to eat today on the third day. And that's okay. I can change that. And then it was really cool because I got to encourage him to remember to help people look to their intuitions instead of, you know, because he could have been very right that if it was my ego that was trying to get me to stop what I committed to, that encouraging me to recognize that and to find a way to come to alignment with my intuition would be the right thing. But it was my intuition that was like, I don't care how much you eat. <laughs> like, this is not important to your journey for you to eat or not eat right now. It doesn't really matter. So for me to know that and then stand up to that and share that with him, even though he's trying to encourage me to keep going, was a really cool lesson for myself to learn that I too can be honoring myself fully where I'm at, even if I'm not as far along as maybe I thought I would be by that point. So as soon as you ate, did you feel peace? I felt so happy. Yeah. I mean, I knew it wasn't my journey to do the breathitarian thing. It literally is just a fun curiosity. And yeah, I think it was a great learning lesson for us both because he was learning how to support people that want to make changes. And I was able to encourage him to help them turn inward rather than to hold them to things that they said they were going to do four days ago. Because it, it really depends on where the motivation's coming from in people. And that's everything. And and understanding what that is. So helping him to understand how to look inward or help other people look inward to themselves rather than to him to kind of coach them through difficult things because it may not be their journey. And he's so good himself at being where he is and fully embracing that even if it's not as far along. And then for me to go inward and say, I'm going to love you right here. And I'm not going to make this a big story about how you didn't go four days. Like, I'm just going to let you eat some peanut butter. And the cool thing was I was, he said I was in ketosis. I was eating all these fats and that was helping me be in a fat detoxifying mode. And I was like, okay, I don't need to go eat a pizza right now. I just want to go eat some more food. I was like, cashew butter sounds really good right now. And it was beautiful in terms of flow too, that I felt that aligned call to do that because I didn't have a lot of energy 
that day, which is again, why I wanted more of it because of what we were working on. But also we ended up spontaneously going to Verona and we went to this beautiful opera that we walked into five minutes before it started. We didn't even know it was starting. It was just this crazy flow circumstance. And had I not had that nut butter and those macadamia nuts, I would have been so weak. I wouldn't have been able to nearly be in the emotional mood of joy and alignment that I was in while we were there. So it was a beautiful thing that I had more of that energy and that I really stuck to myself having no clue 12 hours beforehand when I made that decision that life was going to flow me into something. So that's again about alignment, right? And really going to your inner calling, the things that flow into your life just kind of show up and they, they all support one another. So that was a beautiful set of flow circumstances around self-love. That's perfect. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> so what did Abraham teach you about self-love? Okay. I got another prop. I got my notebook here with all the highlighting in it that you've probably seen on my Instagram. So as I said, intuition, seven million times, seven million ways over this year has talked about self-love and the greatest gift being within myself. And this is being the most transformational thing I can possibly learn. And I kept saying, yeah, but partner. <laughs> yeah, but partner. Yeah, but boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I don't even say boyfriend. I keep saying partner. Oh, I believe he'll be male. I don't think that's going to change. Do you feel like it's a romantic partner or a career partner? Ideally, in some way, both. But life partner, like life in all aspects, including love. Yes. So yeah, but partner was kind of my ego's anthem to this entire year. And this last three months, especially since my ego was like, all right, I'm done with this. <laughs> Please stop this now. And it wasn't saying that. It kept saying your greatest gift is in yourself and all this stuff. I finally, two weeks ago, Liz Gilbert has this amazing quote. Thanks, Liz, for the 75th reference to her in this. She actually, Liz just shared this on her Instagram and I was like, she's still speaking to me, you know, <laughs> not just eat, pray, love seven years ago, but just still, she said, I've never seen any life transformation that didn't begin with a person in question, finally getting tired of their own bullshit. Elizabeth Gilbert. I love that she quoted herself under that bold. Drop the mic. <laughs> and so basically after a year of my own BS <laughs> that my ego has been giving, I finally got tired of it. And I was like, this isn't changing. I might as well just go with the flow rather than going upstream, right? So I was like, well, I love studying. I love researching. I love highlighting and reading books. So let me do that about self-love. So I was like, I'm going to get real, real and serious about this self-love thing. So that kind of got me excited about it because before I was just kind of this vague, flowing, confusing, like collection of stories I just shared. But I ended up looking at Byron Katie, which was kind of helpful because I was like, she's a pretty loving, self-loving person. But then I went to the gold. I went to Abraham and I searched on YouTube for Abraham Hicks self-love. And there was this one, and we'll put a link to it in the notes for these episodes so you can go listen to it. But I wrote it down, like all seven minutes of it. So I'm going to read it to you now. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's long, but it's worth it to share this because I read this every day now and it has been so powerful. And then I'll explain how and what I've done with it. They say, it's not love of self. It's love that is self. There is a difference between loving me and being me who loves. And it is being me who loves that is really you. And when you are being me who loves, it's easy to love that one and that one and that one. And then it becomes irrelevant who your object of love is if you're loving. 
What difference does it make? What is the reason? What is the focal point for the love that you're feeling? What possible difference does it make? It doesn't matter what the focal point of your love is, as long as the love that you're feeling is the love that is really you, you see. And then the person that was in the hot seat said, why is it hard for me and others to look at our own human self and not feel that same ripple of appreciation and love? And Abraham responded, because you're looking for love to be focused at you rather than to be focused through you. And then they go on to say, what difference does it make the object of your attention is when you're feeling love? In your awareness of not loving self, you can't find self-love. And so we're just trying to build a bridge for you. We'd be looking for the part of self that does love. In other words, rather than saying to someone that we love, I want you to love me, we will begin training ourselves into a desire that says, I love loving you. I love the feeling of loving you. And how you feel about me is irrelevant. I love the feeling of loving you. But we don't want you to let what's happening in terms of manifestation be the criteria for how you feel. The desire for the manifestation is what gives you the reason to want to connect to the energy that's really you. That's the true living of life. And that is self-love. And that self-love is evident then, you see. That's why we don't want to hit you over the head with an I love me stick, because that really is not what you're looking for. You're looking for reasons to love. And in this environment, there's so much abundance of that. We're wanting you to make peace with where you are. So in that light, we would like to say to you, we find yourself loving of yourself quite often. That self-love is the driving motivating factor. It is the inspiration. It is the thing. It is the ultimate calling. In other words, here source is over here loving you with everything that it is. And of course, it is the quest that you are most wanting to answer. And so therefore, of course, it would be the thing that you would most feel uncomfortable about not achieving moment after moment after moment. But what Source wants to say to you is that the love that you have for yourself at any moment is enough. In fact, it's the perfect love under the conditions in which you're living. It is enough. It is just right. Where you are on your own path is just right. It's exactly where you should be on your path. I'm reaching for a fuller, more encompassing sensation of love. And Source is over there, patiently, never for a moment impatient, always loving me. Even though for whatever reason I don't like myself very much right now, I know that I have not caused Source to deviate in Source's appreciation of me at all. I have not convinced Source to not like me. Source maintains its absolute appreciation of you. And if you know that, maybe it will help you give yourself a little more of a break. Maybe it will help you to acknowledge, I am in the perfect place relative to everything, even to self-love. So that passage, what did you think as I read that? <laughs> Boom. Boom. I don't know. I feel like there's nothing else to say that just perfectly encapsulates what is needed of people. It's my new superpower. This is what I've realized is my greatest gift. This is my biggest focus now. I had to re-update my biggest priority, which for my ego has been, for my intuition, it's been flow and alignment, right? For my ego, it's been find a partner and have a closet. So when I finally got my ego to say, okay, the self-love greatest gift thing is my biggest thing because really, like it said in that passage, it's like we're so wanting others to direct their alignment at us 
And that's what I've been, I think, my ego has been looking for. I've been pinching myself off from the appreciation and love. And really, they talk about love as just appreciating. So you don't have to think about like love as like this lovey-dovey romantic thing, which I've been focused on. You can also think of it as just general appreciation. That is the feeling of love. And whenever I would say, I want a partner to love me or I want to love a partner, I was pinching myself off from appreciating most of the things in my life. And most of us, when we're egoically tied to a career or something else, we're pinching ourselves off from appreciating other things in our life at the same time, fully. And when we do, we're pinching ourselves off from the love that is self. And so it wasn't so much about me loving of my body or of Jess Lively or of the aspects of me, though that's cool and I can direct that love at that entity that I know as myself and my identity. It's not actually that that I want. It's the feeling of love flowing through my veins. And that is a superpower that if I can harness that, that is my greatest gift because I will bring that to my partnership and I won't be waiting for my partner to shine their love at me. I will be self-sufficient in that category. I'll be able to shine that love at them and I won't be reliant or needing it to come from them. And ironically, that superpower also is where all the law of attraction comes from. So when you have that vibration, you have that flowing through you, that's when all the good stuff comes. Literally, it is a superpower. It's a super attracting power. And of course, the type of partner I wanna be with is gonna match that level of alignment within themselves. So as long as I wasn't fully giving myself to that level of appreciation, I was actually holding myself apart from the thing I wanted the most because I wasn't aligned to the type of love I want to have in my relationship. So you had yet to learn the lesson. This is the lesson. And now every day, this is what I focus on. And it feels so good that it doesn't matter nearly as much as that used to to me for all of these last three months or this whole trip to be single because I feel so good And what I do now, you might kind of wonder like, what am I doing now that I've got my big focus is I still do the alignment stuff I was doing earlier, but now that I realize it's this love of self or the love that is self and feeling that love through me, I've said it a few times on this so far, but I'm now currently spending my time doing things that light me up. And then I write five pages, double spaced on my computer of things that I appreciate. I appreciate this. I appreciate this. I appreciate this five pages. And I don't think it's the fact that it's five pages. I think it's the the full amount of time that I'm spending. So maybe it's taking whatever, 10, 20 minutes to do it. Spending that amount of time in a state of appreciation, I think is actually what's doing this. And most of the time we've all heard, you know, write down three things you're grateful for. I think that's like, we've been in a state of starvation, appreciation starvation. And what I'm realizing is, I think that we've been in this sense of appreciation starvation, where we think that three, five, 10 things is done in like two seconds. It feels good for a short little burst, but it's like eating a grape. It's not really sustainable. It's not a real satisfying, satiating meal. So I think it's this amount of time. I think I could spend 10, 20 minutes focusing on one thing in my life and feeling that level of appreciation for it will get me to the same energetic place. But Also, I think what's really cool about doing the five pages or maybe one or three pages, but spending, again, it's more about the time, I think, that's spent in that feeling. So as long as you're spending a long time in that, or you do five pages because that will make you spend a long time, even if you're just doing it second to second with each thing, is it activates your reticular activating system in your brain. So your reticular activating system is what sifts and sorts the things that you notice in your life. So when you buy that new car and you notice everybody on the road with that car, 
your reticular activating systems now like flagged that as important. So you start noticing it. And I find that now that I'm going on this like rampage of appreciation for five pages, after I've spent that long finding things around me and my environment or my life and the past or the present or sometimes even the future stuff that's not here yet to appreciate, I'll start walking around the rest of my day and it's it's almost unconscious. I'm like appreciating the hand soap in my head. I'm appreciating the purse that I'm wearing. Like I appreciate someone's awesome outfit or how great their legs look. Like I can't even stop it. It's just like happening because I spent so long doing it. So I do think actually doing a lot of things is kind of cool in that it does get, I think your reticular activating system pretty jazzed afterwards too. But it really is so good and so full and so aligned that I stop noticing the partner's not here. And if you've listened to Abraham ever talk about that, they say that's exactly the point and eventually they'll have to come because that's what they're a vibrational match to. I mean, that's the best way to get into alignment. Didn't you say you, you did that practice and then you were like smooth sailing? Yeah, yeah. I went to bed on the high. I woke up on the high. Like I have to tell you, I mean, I'm still fresh at this. So we'll see in three months if I'm still doing this. Who knows? But I can tell you that this is so powerful. And I want to be able to get this muscle so strong that I don't have to necessarily do five pages to snap into this level of vibration. So right now, that's where I'm at. And it feels really good. And it feels so good. It's the best thing I possibly can do. I really believe that. And I'm so grateful I'm doing it because before I was in this crossways, it's going upstream. I was out of alignment. I was, I was trying my best. I was just out of alignment and I was avoiding the thing that my intuition for a whole year so patiently told me all along was the thing that I was looking for myself. But this way of seeing it, right? To see it not love of myself. Like now I'm so in love with myself. I'm in a relationship with me. Yeah, that's true. But it's not about focusing on spending five pages focusing on just aspects of myself that I love. It's actually, well, that's great. And Gregorio's thing really taught me that that's really a part of this. But to me, it's realizing it's the love through me that I love feeling, not just the love directed at me. And that when I focus on that and I can focus that on anything, just like that passage said, that is so powerful to me and so grounding and so important because it makes me for the first time really stop and say, it doesn't matter that I'm single. And as you guys know, I've just tried to be as real as possible with you. You guys might be like, yeah, Jess, you have an amazing life. Why aren't you appreciating it? Well, it's because there's probably something in everyone's life that their ego is not appreciating enough, right? Because it's focused on something new and it wants that thing to happen. And this is just the thing that for the last three months, especially the ego's been grappling with. But at the same time, I can say now, two weeks in to finally giving up on my own bullshit (laughs) that I really, really, really am glad that I'm focused here. And I'm glad I could have done it with a partner, I'm sure. But how beautiful is it that I'm doing it now, no matter what my relationship status may be? And the story continues. It does continue. This isn't even over, right? It's so funny to be like, you pray love. She's like, and then my year ended. (laughs) I got married. (laughs) It's like wrapped up in a bow. Yeah, this is not. This is dot, dot, dot. I mean, it's amazing. You've been teaching flow and alignment for as long as you have for this past year. And, you know, it's a practice. And then that this didn't hit you till 
just now. So basically, it's good for people to know not to give up. And you can also have many moments of flow and alignment without this. This is just the thing my ego in the last three months specifically has really been out of alignment with. I had much more alignment in all of this in 2016. And then my ego flipped the calendar and was like, okay, checking its watch. All right. We did it for a year. Okay. (laughs) I did it. Yeah, I did it. Been there, done that. But also I think what's really cool about this story and sounds like the most cliche movie I've ever, ever seen, but... I found myself. This whole journey has been about finding me, not the partner, right? And I love Liz Gilbert, and I'm so glad that she found her partner at the end of her year. And God knows if I found mine, (laughs) I would be super thrilled about that too. But what's beautiful about the fact that I'm still single right now is that for anyone else that goes on a journey that looks anything like this or nothing like this at all, especially if they're single, to know that it can be a success without the thing that you, or your ego at least, was seeking, you can still have success without getting that thing your ego seeking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Without that final manifestation happening, you can still have full success because you're finally in line with the journey or that you were always in line with the journey in the whole time. And I think especially as a female in society today, to be like, yeah, that's really what I wanted is I love the idea of sharing this life and I will, I'm sure. My intuition tells me to. I, I tells me I will. I always ask him, like, are you sure this is going to happen? It says yes. They're like, pipe down. <laughs> yes, eventually. But it's kind of awesome to know that whether you end with a partner or the job or whatever you're looking for in your life or not, it can still be a success. You can still be successful at getting in alignment and finding the flow. And at least for me, recognizing that this love through self or, you know, that is self, the power of that and the alignment with that versus going against it and just seeking the physical manifestation of whatever I want. That's been the greatest gift of all and also the hardest one for my ego to accept this year. Boom. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this has benefited you in some way, whatever it may look like and I hope that my journey is either fun to listen to or helpful or insightful in some ways for you, or just shows that it's possible to have a life that you never imagined before, and you still don't need to know what's coming next, and that it can keep revealing itself to you, or as my intuition always says, unfolding for you with each moment and just stay open to whatever shows up in an alignment and as much as possible tied to what your intuition's calling you towards rather than the certainty or the safety or the ego's needs for manifestations to come before you can feel happy. Because I hope if nothing else, my story is living proof that you can have those feelings before you get the things you want. And as you do that, amazing things can follow. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Megan, thank you again for being the host of A Lively Adventure. 
If you want to send Megan a message, you can do so over on Instagram and Twitter at Pictory Video. And if you want to send me a message, you can do so over on Instagram and Twitter at Jesse, as in Can You Feel the Love Tonight Lively. For show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Lively Adventure Self Love. And before I share where I'm headed to next on my trip, let's talk with Lively Show listener Joy Laform about her experience with today's sponsor, Squarespace.com. Joy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jess. I'm excited to share you with The Lively Show. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a print and pattern designer. I design all kinds of artwork and patterns. I do it for textile studios and large companies. I sell the prints to them and they use them for home decor and women's wear, children's wear, all kinds of stuff. You are very talented at what you do. And your website also shows that. Tell us a little bit about the background of the website that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, I used to be a web designer when I graduated from college and I wanted to build my entire website from scratch right away when I started freelancing. And I maintained my own website for a while, but as I began to make the transition from web design to graphic design and then to print and pattern work, I really found that that transition was taking a lot of time and I didn't really have the time I needed to devote to my website. I really needed something that would take the responsibilities of maintaining something so difficult off of my desk. I'm pretty picky when it comes to how it looks too, and so I really needed it to look beautiful. And so Squarespace became the option. Why? Well, I had been seeing a lot about Squarespace on Pinterest and on Twitter, and so I became sort of interested in it and I checked it out during the free trial just to see what it was like, and I absolutely loved that it gave me the ability to mess with the back end and add my own CSS so that I could really create all kinds of fonts and colors and twist the layout a little bit to make it my own. I still use one of the templates that they provide, but I've totally customized it to be my own template. That's awesome. And it kind of gives a lot of fresh perspective for anyone that also knows CSS or web coding and still wants the ease of use that Squarespace has with support and all the bug fixes and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. What would you recommend for other people who are savvy when it comes to building a website? I would recommend to check out all the platforms that exist right now, but at least give Squarespace a try. They are so generous that they offer that free trial because it really makes a huge difference in being able to play with the platform and see if it's a good fit for you. I really felt like they were such an open book and allowing me to get in there and play with all of their different settings and sort of have fun with it and even put my own work into the portfolio section and get it looking almost like what I would want it to look like if I had paid for it. And so they pretty much had me hooked. What do you love about it the most? Well, I love being able to customize it. That's my absolute favorite part of the platform. I'm constantly changing colors and messing with my branding a little bit here and a little bit there. And so having that flexibility of getting into the back end and changing things very quickly is something that I don't think I would be able to live without. And where can people find your beautiful website online? They can find my website at joylaform.com. And I'm also on Instagram at joy underscore laform. 
And for anyone listening who wants to give this a shot, whether you're a professional like Joy or you're just starting out and you just want to use all the what you see is what you get features that Squarespace offers, you can get a free 14-day trial by going over to squarespace.com lively. That's a great way to get a free trial and support the show. And if you're excited to move forward, you get 10% off your service by typing the word lively at checkout. So use that to save yourself some money and give it a shot for free. Joy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're so welcome, Jess. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am staying put in Sydney and yes, either next week or the week after on Wednesday night from seven to nine, I will be at the Dolphin. For those that wanna do the meetup and say hi, hang out with other Lively Show listeners and give me a hug, I'll be sharing which date specifically on Instagram. So stay tuned there for that. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Today.